0: with dr frank turek why is pride a sin what does god have against pride jesus said for whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted james said you adulterous people don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward god Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. He goes on to say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Proverbs 3.34 says, God mocks proud mockers but gives grace to the humble. It's what James was quoting. Proverbs 16 says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be lowly in spirit and among the oppressed than to share plunder with the proud. What does God have against pride? The atheist Bertrand Russell once said, Every man would like to be God if it were possible. Some few find it difficult to admit the impossibility Unquote. In fact, pride, as C.S. Lewis pointed out, is really the complete anti-God state of mind. He said, "The vice I'm talking of is pride or self-conceit, and the virtue opposite to it in Christian morals is called humility." According to Christian teachers, the essential vice, the utmost evil, is pride, unchastity, anger. Greed, drunkenness, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. The complete anti-God state of mind. I get to decide. I'm the boss, not God. That's why Bertrand Russell, the atheist, said every man would like to be God if it were possible. And when I ask atheists on college campuses, if Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? And many of them say no. They privately sometimes admit it's really because they don't want any moral accountability. In fact, they don't want there to be a God. It's not that they don't believe in God or they don't want to believe uh, or they have no evidence they should say that there's a God. It's that they don't want to believe in God because they want to be God. They want to be God of their own lives. And this, at its core is what pride is. You want to put yourself above others, especially God. Timothy Keller, in his uh, book he co-wrote with his wife, uh, Kathy Keller, uh, has a book called God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. It's a devotional in Proverbs. I've been going through it this year, and it's very insightful. Keller does a great job, or the Kellers do a great job on this. On their May 11th devotional, it says this. Well, they're they're dealing with uh Proverbs 15:25 The Lord tears down the house of the proud and he writes this, Keller. Pride not only looks down on others, it also fails to look upward. It refuses to let God take his proper role in our lives. The Hebrew word for proud when applied to God means supreme majesty. So to use it for a human being or for a human being is ironic but also very telling. We want to be our own saviors and lords. We want to run our own lives, to earn our own self-worth, to decide what is right and wrong for us. And then he quotes Lewis Smedes, who writes this. I love this quote. Pride, in the religious sense, is refusal to let God be God. It's to grab God's status for oneself. Pride is turning down God's invitation to be a creature in his garden and wishing instead to be the creator, independent, reliant on on your own resources. Pride is the grand delusion, the fantasy of all fantasies, the cosmic put-on, unquote. Keller goes on to say, because pride makes us overconfident and out of touch with reality, it makes us foolish. It also, according to this verse, leads to social injustice. But when the proud try to trample on the helpless, they find themselves opposing God himself. And here's his prayer for this day, May 11th, in Keller's Proverbs devotional. He says, Lord, I don't like some of the things I find taught in the Bible. I don't like some of the ways you arrange the circumstances of my life. I confess I don't even like the doctrine of grace. I'd rather earn my salvation so you owe me. In all these ways, I refuse to let you be God. Forgive me. Amen. Pride is often our greatest problem because it's the complete anti-God state of mind. It puts us in the place of God. It makes us the boss of our own lives. It does not defer to the truth. It defers to what we want to be true, not what really is true. Now, here's my question. Can you be prideful and loving at the same time? Or can you even be prideful and tolerant at the same time? Those are the questions we're going to discuss here in this this broadcast. And it's in the context of a news story I came across this week. And uh, someone, I don't know who, but someone has labeled June as LGBTQ Pride Month. Now, what does that mean? Well, at a minimum, it means that we should celebrate LGBTQ people. Now, let me agree with that. Let me agree that we should celebrate LGBTQ people like all people. We should celebrate people, but not because of their sexual behavior, but because they, like all people, are made in the image of God. All people have supreme value. Because God is our creator and he confers on us objective value. We're his creations. But of course, just having pride in people is not what the month is all about. It's not really what LGBTQ Pride Month means to those who have established it and those who celebrate it. What they really want us to do and everyone to do is to celebrate their sexual behavior. Now, there's a difference between celebrating a person and celebrating the behavior that a person engages in. Well, one question we might ask is why should people celebrate that behavior? Why is that behavior objectively good, and why is opposition to that behavior objectively bad? Because in today's culture, at least it seems that the culture says, well, such behavior, LGBTQ behavior is objectively good, which means any opposition is objectively bad. And we know this because if you try and oppose it, people are going to call you all sorts of names. They're going to call you bigots. They're going to call you homophobes. They're going to claim you're unloving. They're going to claim you're judgmental. And let's be fair. A lot of Christians are judgmental. A lot of Christians have been unfair and bigoted. That certainly has been true. But is it true that because you disagree with the behavior that you're bigoted or you're discriminatory or you're unloving? I submit to you, no, not necessarily. Maybe you are, but not necessarily. And I bring this up in the context of an article that came out this week. A, a, I'm looking at actually two articles related to an executive at CrossFit who was fired for a tweet on his personal account. And when we come back from the break, I'll tell you what he tweeted and why he was fired from CrossFit. It had to do with whether or not he was personally supportive or opposed to their LGBTQ Pride uh, Month celebration. And we'll look at whether he was tolerant, whether the company was tolerant, whether he should have been fired or not. And what does this have to say to the bigger issue of pride itself? You're listening to cross Examine with Frank Turek on the American Family Radio Network. Our website, crossexamine.org. That's cross-examined with a D on the end of it, .org. And we have a, an app you ought to download if you haven't downloaded it yet. It's uh, cross-examined, two words in the app store, cross-examined with a D on the end of it. A lot of people are finding it helpful, so download the app. And we'll talk about all this in just two minutes, so don't go away. What does God have against pride, ladies and gentlemen? That's what we established in the first segment. It's the complete anti-God state of mind. It puts you in control of all things. You, the author of good and evil, or at least deciding what's good and evil. And uh, it says that you'll do it your way, despite what God says. And obviously, if someone has pride I'm not talking about pride, by the way, in the sense that you might be proud of your a relative who does something good, a son or daughter. Or, that's not what I mean. I'm, I'm talking about the kind of pride that puts you in and your opinion above what God has said. That's really the kind of pride we're talking about. It says that I'm going to be the master of my own destiny and that whatever I say is right for me is right for me. Doesn't matter what God says. Doesn't matter who God is. That's the kind of pride. That's pride that's problematic. Now, what happened to this executive? I'm looking at two stories here. One is from Fox News, and the other is from the Washington Post. So you got one that leans conservative, one that leans liberal. All right. The story in the uh, in the uh, Fox News in Fox News, which came out uh, Friday. Uh, The title is CrossFit Fires Employee Who Supported Indiana Gym's Decision to Cancel LGBTQ Event Calling Pride Celebration a Sin. And according to this article, it says this, the controversy started when members of the gym said a special workout in support of Pride Week was canceled by gym owners. An email to gym members said that the workout was nixed because, quote, The owners of the gym value health and wellness, and they believe that this event does not value health and wellness. Now, what happened? Well, a man by the name of Russell Berger tweeted, uh, had three tweets. Uh, This is the sixth, So this is what? Just Wednesday, I believe. Uh, I think I'm trying to find the, he deleted these tweets and someone copied them and I'm trying to put him in the right order. I think the first tweet that he put out was when some people were upset that they canceled this. And I guess there was a lot of pressure put on that particular CrossFit gym and a lot of questions asked and maybe a lot of hateful language that was directed at them. And here's what this Russell Berger guy said. He was an executive with CrossFit. He said, the tactics of some in the LGBT. this is, by the way, this is on his personal Twitter account. Here's what he says, the tactics of some in the LGBTQ movement toward dissent is an existential threat to freedom of expression. The lack of tolerance for disagreement, which has been replaced with bullying Twitter mobs promising, quote, consequences, unquote, should be a concern regardless of your political stance. Yes, that's certainly true. (laughs) People who say they're fighting for tolerance are quite often the most intolerant people out there. That's happened to me personally. It's happened to this to this gym in Indianapolis. So that was his first tweet by Russell Berger. About 15 minutes later, he had another tweet. And this tweet said this. Apparently, this tweet is in response to a lot of hate being uh, directed at the gym. Either through Twitter, email, verbally. I don't know all the details, but here's what he writes. Russell Berger, again on his personal Twitter account, he says As someone who personally believes celebrating, quote, pride, unquote, is a sin, I'd like to personally encourage CrossFit Infiltrate, I guess that's the gym that canceled it, for standing by their convictions and refusing to host an Indie Pride workout the intolerance of the lgbtq ideology toward any alternative is mind or toward any alternative views is mind blowing so he said that at 12:25 then at 12:35 he said this allow me to double down i believe indie pride is a celebration of sin as do most christians i deleted this and reposted a different version to make sure it's clear that these are my personal beliefs, you know, since the Twitter mobs are hard at work trying to get me fired. Well, about three hours later, he was fired. And the Fox News article goes on to say, the cancellation of this Pride workout led to some members leaving the gym One of the gym's owners told Fox 59 that the facility closed because it didn't have enough coaches to cover its classes. And he said the gym's been going through a lot of internal turmoil and is too fragile to weather the storm. Dan Mendoza, a former CrossFit Infiltrate member, told Fox 59 he reached out to the gym to try and get clarification of its position on the Pride event. He was said he was sent an email saying the gym was focused on total health and well-being for the individual and the community, unquote. And here's the quote from the owners of this gym. Total health involves the body, the emotions, relationships, and the spirit. At the foundational detractor from health, as we believe God sets the parameters for, is pride. We believe that true health, forever can only be found in humility, not pride. Humility is seeing oneself as they truly are and as God truly defines them to be. As a business, we will choose to deploy our resources towards those efforts and causes that line up with our own values and beliefs, unquote. CrossFit officials said in the statement to Fox 59 that the backlash they've received quote, grossly misrepresents, unquote, what the gym stands for. Officials said the decision not to hold the Pride event is the only reason why they've been labeled as, quote, bigots or discriminative, unquote. And then the owners went on to say this. However, the owners of the gym. However, the history of the gym speaks for itself and for the position we take in this divisive atmosphere. Crossfoot, infiltrate, welcome, serves, and prioritize training people to be fit and functional in body, mind, and spirit. It never has and never will be anything but welcoming to all human beings who live, move, and breathe in God's world, unquote. Okay, so the owners are trying to say, look, we welcome everybody, but we're not going to celebrate pride. That's against our values. It's the complete anti-God state of mind, as C.S. Lewis said, we're not going to do it. Now, it's actually hard to argue with their, with their assessment that health involves the body, the emotions, relationship, and the spirit. They didn't say this, but homosexual relations have been documented to be extremely unhealthy in terms of medical effects. I document this in the book, correct, not politically correct, how same-sex marriage hurts everyone not going to go through all the details here, but if you go to page 30, you can read about these. These are CDC, Center for Disease Control. In fact, I'll just mention one of them. 82% of, of sexually transmitted HIV cases are from homosexual men. Uh, another fact is that 60% of all syphilis cases are from homosexual men. Sixty uh, percent, and, and, and this is despite the fact that homosexual men make up about 2% of the population. So there are, there are very serious health con- consequences when it comes to homosexual behavior. Now again, everybody is made in the image of God. Everybody has supreme worth. We're talking about behavior here. So don't conflate the behavior and the person. And so the gym is trying to look out for health, and it doesn't think that celebrating such behavior is a good thing and comports with their goal to make sure that they are advancing health. Now, what does the Washington Post say about this? The Washington Post, uh, June 7th, so that's Thursday, their headline is, a CrossFit exec thanked Jim for refusing to celebrate sin during Pride Week. He's been fired. Now, here's their, here's their story. A top CrossFit employee has been fired after applauding a gym that shut down a workout session supporting the LGBT community, saying celebrating pride is a sin. Russell Berger, who has been previously identified by the Washington Post as a head trainer and company spokesman, made the statement Wednesday on Twitter after CrossFit Infiltrate in Indianapolis announced that gym ownership had canceled an event coinciding with Indie Pride. Berger thanked the gym for standing by your convictions and refusing to celebrate sin by hosting the Indie Pride workout. And he said, as I mentioned earlier, and it, the intolerance of the LGBTQ ideology toward any alternative views is mind-blowing. Uh, CrossFit did not immediately respond to a request for comment, but on Wednesday said, said on Twitter that Berger had been terminated. The company added that Berger's remarks, quote, do not reflect the views of CrossFit Inc. Okay, now here's one thing that you might say in support of CrossFit. The the corporation. Um, if you're going to be an employee and you're going to go on your personal Twitter account and you're going to make statements that, that, that somehow seem to indicate that the company agrees with you, that could be a problem. Maybe the company doesn't agree with you. Now, the owners of this franchise agreed with you, but the corporate CrossFit apparently didn't. That's why they fired you. Well, maybe they fired you because they didn't want to take continual heat from the so-called tolerant tolerance police, who really are not tolerant of alternative views. Uh, So you have to be very careful if you're going to make comments about a business that maybe you're employed employed by this business. You don't want to intimate that what you're saying is necessarily what they're saying. Now, when asked to explain his comments, and back to the Washington Post article, Berger said Thursday that he used the word sin because that's what God's word calls it. As a Christian, I believe everyone, myself included, is guilty of breaking our moral obligations to God and deserves punishment. But by turning from our sin and trusting fully in Jesus Christ, we can be forgiven and reconciled to our creator. I love those who the LGBT community represents and want them to know Christ and reveling in sin is a heartbreaking obstacle to that. I use the word sin to describe pride events and the sexual lifestyles associated with them because that's what God's word calls it and I believe God's word is true, unquote. Uh, Berger added that, quote, the same theology that leads me to this view leads me to the knowledge that all human beings are created in God's image, and are therefore inherently valuable and deserve to hear this offer of God's grace. From the Christian perspective, the most hateful thing I could do for someone would be to lie to him or her about sin and our need for Christ, as unpopular as that may be in our culture today. Now, kudos for the, to the Washington Post for quoting his complete quote here uh, because I agree with what he just said there that we have to stand for truth even if people don't like us. The most unloving thing you can do is to lie about truth because only the truth can set you free. If you're unable or unwilling to communicate the truth, then people are not going to be set free. Now, the question is, how do you go about communicating that truth in a non-offensive way? That can be difficult, and we can debate that right after the break. I'm Frank Turek. Back in just two minutes. Don't touch that dot. If you're listening to this on Saturday morning, today I'm in Cupertino, California, near San Jose. I'm speaking today at Abundant Life Assemblies of God Church from nine to three. Uh, that is Pacific time. So if you're in Cupertino, come down. Everyone's welcome, and the details are on our website. Tomorrow, Sunday, I'll be at that same church, uh, speaking at the Sunday morning service. Starts at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Abundant Life. Uh, Assemblies of God Church in Cupertino, California. That's my old stomping stomping grounds. That's where I was when I was in the Navy for my first tour, stationed at Moffett Field right there near Cupertino. That's the base of the uh, San Francisco Bay, San Jose. That's where that is. Uh, That's uh, Silicon Valley for those of you who aren't from the area. Uh, That's where a lot of technology is, as you might know. Apple, Google, those kinds of companies are out there in Cupertino. So if you're out in Cupertino in that area, I'd love to see you today and or tomorrow. All right, we are talking about uh, this CrossFit uh, executive who was fired for, on his personal account, expressing his support for a gym canceling their LGBTQ pride workout because they don't think it was in the best interest of health. And uh, going back to the Washington Post article on this, the Washington Post said CrossFit's announcement has drawn hundreds of comments from people debating burger statements and the company's response to them. Many Twitter users thank CrossFit for showing that, quote, bigotry has consequences, unquote, and homophobia has no place here. Others, however, criticized the company for showing intolerance against a man who expressed his personal religious beliefs on his personal account. Amid the backlash Wednesday, Berger had expressed his concerns about, quote, a lack of tolerance for disagreement, quote, unquote, on social media. The tactics of some in the LGBT movement toward dissent is an existential threat to freedom of expression, Berger tweeted. The lack of tolerance for Disagreement, which has been replaced with bullying Twitter mobs, promised, promising consequences should be a concern regardless of your political stance. He added that, quote, as someone who personally believes celebrating pride is a sin, I'd like to personally encourage this CrossFit infiltrate this, uh, this single gym for standing by their convictions and refusing to host the indie Pride workout. Uh, Glad president, that's uh, a pro-homosexual group. Uh, Glad President Sarah Kate Ellis praised CrossFit for its swift action. Here's what it says. Uh, Here's what her tweet says. Thank you, CrossFit CEO, for taking swift action and sending a message that accelerating acceptance matters. Wait a minute. Is it really true that you, you think it's a good idea to fire people for not wanting to celebrate LGBTQ behavior or not wanting to celebrate LGBTQ month. I mean, is that really what you're saying? So if someone refuses to hold an event that celebrates LGBTQ behavior, that that, that person is being unfairly discriminatory? Let me ask a question. If a business refuses to hold a Christmas party, is the business being unfairly discriminatory against Christians? No, of course not. Does the business have to celebrate everything their employees or their customers want to celebrate? And if they don't, they're being discriminatory? I mean, see, this is is the difference between tolerance and celebration or we might say the difference between permitting something and promoting something. CrossFit is permitting people, regardless of their so-called sexual orientation, to be members of their, of their business. But they won't be forced to promote what their customers want to promote. No business should be forced to promote it. I mean, what would the left be saying today? What would this lady from from glad be saying today if a christian if a christian business owner fired a homosexual employee who thanked the business on his personal twitter account for canceling the christmas party because in his view christianity is immoral what would the left be saying the left would be saying you can't do that that's his personal view how could you be so bigoted and discriminatory you see tolerance is supposed to be a two-way street but Unfortunately, it seems to me that people who say they're fighting for tolerance are often the most intolerant people out there. Now, let me say this. I think this Russell Berger guy, I mean, he stood for what he believed in, but he drugged the company into it, and he shouldn't have done that. In fact, he actually said that at the end of the Washington Post article. Berger said Thursday he regretted putting CrossFit in, quote, a difficult position, unquote. He said, my comments were imprudent, and I drugged my company in a difficult position, which I deeply regret. I, I am particularly saddened for my employer and co-workers who do incredible and life-changing work for millions of people and are now forced to respond with their time and resources to this ordeal. Okay. I think he's right about that. You don't want to drag the company into something. You can quietly say, hey, to, to the guys, hey, thanks for canceling it. I think it was a good idea you canceled it. Or maybe he could have said... Uh, he could have said it in a different way without saying it's sinful because then you're implicating the the gym in your personal view when you say that. Uh, so, I mean, to a certain extent, he brought this on himself. But on the other hand, if you're going to say that you're inclusive, tolerant, and diverse, why would you demand that this guy be fired? Because you're not really inclusive, tolerant, and diverse. And this guy, by the way, might actually have a legal grounds for a lawsuit. But I, I don't think he ought to take it. Why? Because personally, I believe that, with with a few exceptions, I personally believe that employers ought to be able to employ who they want. In fact, that was my experience. Those of you may know that in 2011, I was fired by both Cisco and Bank of America because I had written a book called Correct, Not Politically Correct, How Same-Sex Marriage Hurts Everyone. I've since updated that book, uh, and it, it contains much of the data that I mentioned earlier here on this program regarding some health issues uh, affiliated with same, same-sex behavior um, and many other things. But I was fired as a consultant, and you can read about my experience by going to our website and doing a search for... Sex at work, that's the title of the article. Now do not Google sex at work, ladies and gentlemen. Do not do that. (laughs) You're you're not gonna go where you should go. But if you go to crossexamine.org and you go to our blog and or just go to the search button there and type in sex at work, you'll find the article and you can read my experience with it. Uh what what happened there. And um I personally think that Cisco had the right to fire me, and that Bank of America had the right to fire me. Not because I, uh, I'm not. I'm not talking legally here. I'm. I'm talking. They have the right to work with who they want to work with. If they don't want. They don't want to work with me. That's fine. And in fact, I write in this article, uh, "Sex at Work." By the way. By the way, just just to be clear, I did not bring these these views up. I never brought the book up in. On Twitter or 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 at work, I I never never brought it up. I never associated it with Cisco or Bank of America, unlike this gentleman did with with his employer. Um, but they found out I had written it. In fact, there was a homosexual man in one of the classes I was teaching who found out that I had written this book, and he said, "Well, Frank can't work here because he's intolerant and he doesn't agree with same-sex marriage." And this is by by the way, before same-sex marriage was even the law of the land, according to the Supreme Court. And yet, they fired me immediately because of it. And from this article, um, I <laughs> I just point out how 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 completely hypocritical the inclusion, tolerance, and diversity police are. In fact, I write Cisco's chief inclusion and diversity officer, Miss Marilyn Nagel, had trouble on the phone defining what inclusion and diversity actually means at Cisco. So she sent me several links from the Cisco website. As in our conversation, I found no specific definition on the website, but plenty of platitudes, such as Cisco is committed to valuing and encouraging different perspectives, styles, thoughts, and ideas. Well, if that's the case, then, then why not value my perspectives, styles, thoughts, and ideas? Because only certain perspectives, thoughts, and ideas are approved. You see, inclusion and diversity to corporate elites actually means exclusion for those who don't agree with the approved views. Well, whoops, there goes diversity. Now, here's what here's what I write in the article. Shouldn't the real intent of Cisco's value of inclusion and diversity be to ensure that people in that diverse workforce work together cordially and professionally, even when they inevitably disagree on certain political, moral or religious questions. It would seem so. In a large multicultural workforce, people need to work together despite political or religious differences. That's a noble and necessary goal. It's totalitarian, however, to subject people to diversity training and corporate sponsorships that go beyond respect for people to advocacy of what they do in bed. All employees should treat one another with kindness and respect because they are fellow human beings, not... Because they are fellow human beings made in the image of God, not because of their sexual behavior. If people are to be respected simply on the basis of their behavior, then none of us qualify for respect because we've all behaved badly on occasion. So instead of trying to force all employees to accept any sexual behavior, especially something as controversial as homosexuality, the inclusion and diversity police should be encouraging us to treat all people with respect simply because we are human beings. That's all you need to be productive at work anyway. Exactly. Why are we talking about sex at work? We're not supposed to have sex at work. Why are they doing this? Because this has nothing to do really with work productivity. There's a political agenda being pushed here. That's really what's going on. That's the issue. And the people who say they're fighting for tolerance are often the most intolerant of all. I say this, but as soon as you start telling people from different religious and cultural backgrounds what they must think about homosexuality, you will offend and create conflict and resentment. As a Christian, I'm commanded to respect all people. That's what I was doing at Cisco. But don't tell me that I have to respect and celebrate what people do in bed. Don't tell me that I must violate my conscience or God in order to make widgets. That's not only immoral, it's un-American, it's manipulative and stupid. How does accepting homosexual behavior have anything to do with job productivity? Really, think about it. Nothing. There's simply no business reason to judge my beliefs about sexual behavior or anyone else's. And even if some corporate nanny could dream up a reason, it would not justify the assault on employees on an employees' conscience or religion. They didn't have any problem Cisco did with my job performance. They loved it. Even the guy who reported me loved the class. They had a problem with my thoughts. That was the problem. Now you can read more about that in that article, sex at work at crossexamine.org. Again, don't Google it. It's also on the stream, I think, or it's also at townhall.com. It's in other places. But go to crossexamine.org if you want to read more. And we'll close our discussion, close the loop on a couple of questions we posed at the top of the program here in the next segment, so don't go away. We'll briefly mention the Supreme Court decision as well. So back in two. I'm Frank Turk. Don't go away. Can you be both prideful and loving at the same time? Can you be both prideful and just merely tolerant at the same time? I think the answer is no. It's really hard to love others when it's all about you and your way. It's certainly hard to do that, maybe impossible to do that, if you put yourself above everyone else and certainly if you put yourself above God. And that's what our topic has been about today, and this controversy surrounding a Indiana gym uh, who decided not to celebrate uh, LGBTQ Pride Month. Apparently, they've been closed down because of that. It's unclear as to why they were closed down. Uh, I don't have all the data here, but it could be the pressure put on by the Inclusion, Tolerance, and Diversity Police, who are somehow upset that the gym is not celebrating what they want to celebrate. I say it again. (laughs) No business is obligated to celebrate what you want to celebrate, okay? They're open to all people, and they're they're trying to look out for the health of all people. And uh, if you don't like that, okay, you can take your business elsewhere. But um, to fire a guy because he has a different view on these issues is not tolerance, it's not loving, it's not inclusive, and it's not diverse. So if you want to fire him, you're that's within your right. But don't call yourself inclusive, tolerant, and diverse. This gym was open to all people. They just did not want to celebrate a particular kind of behavior. And Because they're not willing to celebrate it, apparently they've been closed down. Now, maybe we'll get more uh, news reports on this as to exactly why they were closed down. It seems to be because of this controversy, but we can't say that for sure. In any event, let's also talk a little bit about uh, what discrimination is, because you always hear people saying, well, this is discriminatory. Ryan Anderson, who has written several good books on issues like this, same-sex marriage and transgenderism, had an article recently uh, that, uh, let me see if I can find the, uh, the article here, because I don't want to speak out of turn. I had it in here a minute ago. Um, he was talking about why uh, just because a liberal calls something discriminatory doesn't mean it necessarily is discriminatory. In fact, uh, you can look it up on the Daily Signal. This is from last year. Just because liberals call something discrimination doesn't mean it actually is. And uh, this this is not him speaking now, but me. I want to point out there's a difference between good discrimination and bad discrimination. What is good discrimination? Well, first of all, discrimination is to recognize and act on differences. To recognize and act on differences. And all of us discriminate. If we didn't discriminate, we'd all be dead because we have to recognize and act on differences. Uh, what's morally good discrimination? Uh, well, that's to treat people differently based on their morally relevant behavior. For example, you're going to treat somebody differently um, if they are someone who helps the poor than if somebody. than than somebody who, say, steals from the poor, right? I mean, you're going to treat somebody who helps the poor in a laudatory way, and you're going to treat somebody in a negative way if they steal from people, steal from poor people, right? You discriminate between good and bad behavior all the time. In fact, all laws discriminate against behavior. That's what laws do. You're going to laud somebody who behaves in a good way and you're going to correct somebody or maybe even punish somebody who behaves in a bad way. That's good discrimination. But morally bad discrimination is when you treat people differently based on irrelevant factors rather than, than their behavior. For example, race. Martin Luther King famously said, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will be judged, Well, where they will not be judged by the color of their their skin, but on the content of their character. You see, skin color has no impact on someone's behavior. It's, It's benign when it comes to behavior. Your skin color does not dictate your behavior. But some of these issues we've been discussing, sexual behaviors are behaviors. And so you might have a reason to either laud or or uh, look unfavorably on a particular behavior. But race and behavior are two different things. This is why the, the equivalence that is often made between race and, so the, and say, the LGBTQ community is, 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 is bogus because it's, it's a bad comparison to say that someone's race is the same as someone's behavior. Race has no impact on your behavior. But of course, sexual behavior is a behavior, and I've met many former homosexuals. I've never met a former African American. Okay, that they're 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 two different categories, and to equate the two different categories is a mistake. And you also have to distinguish between actions and attractions. So let me put it another way: attractions and actions. Yes, somebody may have a attraction. To engage in a particular sexual behavior. But that doesn't mean the behavior itself is necessarily a good or a bad thing. Attractions don't necessarily mean that you're going to engage in good actions. I mean, there's some people out there. I remember years ago, I had a guy on the radio program um, who wrote a book. He went undercover with NAMBLA. You guys know what NAMBLA is—the North American Man Boy Love Association, basically pedophiles. He, he was an FBI agent. Went undercover with them, and you know that the—you know—the argument they were using to justify their pedophilia was, "We're born this way. We have the attraction." Now, does that justify the action? Of course not. Does that justify the behavior? Of course not. If somebody says that uh, they're gay-bashing because they—they they have an orientation toward anger. Does that make it okay for... No! Attractions don't necessarily mean that the actions are good. In fact, we're all born with an orientation toward bad behavior. This is why the born that way argument doesn't work. All of us are born with an orientation toward bad behavior. That doesn't mean that the bad behavior is good. It means we're fallen and we need a savior. So, don't buy into the idea that you can't discriminate. Everybody discriminates. In fact, who's discriminating against Russell Berger, the guy who was fired for putting out the tweet that said he thought pride was a sin? They're, they're discriminating against him. Now, you can argue. You could say, well, you know, they that was a good thing or that was a bad thing based on what he said. But they are discriminating. You can't get around that. The only question is, is it good discrimination or bad discrimination? He expressed his opinion about a particular behavior. And he was fired for it. He didn't really he didn't really act on anything. He, he didn't treat anybody unfairly. He didn't say he wasn't going to treat LGBTQ people with respect. He didn't say any of that. He didn't do any of that. He just said the behavior he thought was against what God's word says. And so he was discriminated against for saying that. The question question for you is, is that good or bad? You got to look at all the facts to say, but don't tell me you're not discriminating. You are, regardless of what position you come down on. Everybody discriminates. In fact, do you realize that discrimination determines your destiny? Yeah. In what way? If you're discrimination, if you are discerning enough to discover truth and to orient your life toward it, because if you are and you accept what Christ has done, that will determine your destiny. If you're not, or if you refuse to bow your knee to the truth, that will determine your destiny as well. If you dis, if you refuse to discriminate between true and false, if you refuse to, discri- to discriminate between right and wrong, if you refuse to discriminate. In a good way, then your destiny will be determined by your ability and willingness to discriminate. You're either going to accept what Christ has done or you're not. Everybody discriminates. Now, let me just say a quick word here about the Supreme Court decision uh, that was made this past week regarding Jack Phillips, who said he would not use his artistic talents to bake a cake, create a cake for a same-sex wedding. Um, I think it was the right decision, but for the wrong reasons. Well, let me put it this way. It wasn't necessarily the wrong reasons, but it wasn't the best reasons. Let me put it that way. Uh, the, the court seemed to say, rightfully so, that the, that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was discriminatory. They weren't neutral when it came to Jack Phillips' religious beliefs. In other words, they were mean to him. <laughs> And they said, "Okay, you guys are discriminated against this religious viewpoint, so we're going to rule in his favor." Now, the First Amendment doesn't say anything about your attitude. My question is, if you're not mean to Jack Phillips, does he still have a right not to bake the cake? I mean, if the, if the Colorado Civil Rights Commission was perfectly neutral in their religious uh, their religious opinions, if if, if, or even favored Jack Phillips' religion, but they still said, I'm sorry, sir, you got to bake the cake because that's what the First Amendment says. That's the ruling. That's the ruling that people are looking for. And unfortunately, we shouldn't have to look to the Supreme Court for this ruling. I think it's quite clear that you don't have to uh, violate your conscious or your religious beliefs for a same-sex wedding. Why? Well, in our country you don't have to go to war you, you have conscientious objection status for that well that's one of the number one roles the government has to protect innocent people from evil if people can be exempted from participating uh in defending the country they certainly can be exempted from participating in a same-sex wedding i mean what's more critical to the nation defending it or same-sex wedding. Obviously, defending it, we give people exemptions for that. The First Amendment protects that, so it certainly protects Jack Phillips. All right, friends, I'm Frank Turk. I'll see you next week. Don't forget, I'm in Cupertino, California this weekend. See you next time. Have a great week. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.